Father, we thank you that when we can't see the way, you do part the waves. We pray that we will not walk alone on this road that you're, you are giving to us. And we will walk with Christ Jesus and feel your presence today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Anxiety, depression. These things are at an all-time high in our country right now. The second place year for these things is much, much, much lower. This mask, I I, I take it off, I feel 20% more human immediately. I put it back on, I can just feel the anxiety go up, the coldness come between me and whoever else I'm in the room with. We wake up and we're worried. We're worried about our kids. We're worried about our parents. We're worried about our friends. We're worried about the world. We're worried about this country. We're worried about our brothers and sisters. Worried about our health. Worried about our church. Worried about our job. The weight of all of this is crushing. Yet there's this verse in First uh, Peter. Right at the end, it's, it's that part of the letters that the apostles often get to where you just feel like they're just trying to say everything they didn't get to say and they're running out of parchment. And so they just cram a whole bunch of stuff together there in the last half chapter that's just like, hang in there. And squeezed in there between two other unrelated pieces of advice comes this one. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. I don't have a lot of trouble believing that second part. It's the first part. Give your cares and worries to God. How do you give your cares and worries to someone else? What's that look like and what does that do? Can that even work? So I ran across in a book a year or so ago uh, just a list of, you know, another way to pray. It's not the way to pray. It's just another prayer to try. And I started praying it, and it included some of these concepts. And it's made a pretty good difference, so I wanted to share it with you. Uh, It recommended starting out your prayer by opening Scripture. You could probably open to anything that was interesting to you at at the time, but I, I always open to the Psalms when I pray. They're in the middle of the Old Testament, the Psalms. It's ancient prayers is what it is. It's especially good if you can find a, like a Psalter. A, a, this is a, it contains only the Psalms. A Psalter is just a, a part of the Bible that's only the Psalms. I like them because they tend to be bigger type and, um, and they're arranged more 
into stanzas like a poem, like a song, like they were originally probably written. And so I open one up, whatever it is for the day. I just move the bookmark each day. And I, I pray a stanza. I pray two or three or four verses. And I just sit in quiet. And I pray a stanza. And I think, Lord, that could be my prayer. And sometimes I'll pray a stanza and I'll, I'll think, Lord, I'm glad that's not my prayer. Some of the people who are writing these prayers, they're having a real bad day. People trying to kill them, stuff like that. So when I read that stanza, I, I think, well, Lord, whatever is going on in my life, it's not that. There are Christians in the world, but that is their prayer this morning. I pray with them. I start learning how to pray. The types of things God wants to hear. God, why have you abandoned me? A whole bunch of psalms say that. You think, that's not something you should say to God. But the Holy Spirit had it put into this Bible over and over again. It's like God saying, well, if somebody feels like I abandoned them, I'd rather we just talk about it in the morning. Then you get done with your psalm reading, and uh, I just thank God. It said to thank God for one person. Thank God for one thing that happened yesterday or today if you're doing this at the end of the day. Or you can thank God for one thing that didn't happen that you were worried was going to happen and it didn't. There's a big power in being thankful. There's a big power in gratitude. Even when you're having the worst season of life imaginable, to find one thing to be thankful for just reminds you who's really in control, that God is still working and darkness has not consumed the world completely and it never will. It's just a good exercise to be grateful. It has a power. And then you get into this part. Surrender all our worries to God. That's all it said. Surrender all our worries to God. I didn't really know how to do that, so I thought, well, I'll just just take it real literal. So on a morning like today, I'd pray, Lord, uh, there weren't as many people in church last week as there usually are in the middle of September. It kind of worries me. I've been practicing all week to say in this morning, but actually it's pretty good this morning. But last week I was pretty worried. Lord, I'm worried about my father-in-law. He's moving from one hospital to another and, you know, going, going to do some rehab. I wonder what's going to come back and what's not. I'm worried about that. I just surrender them one at a time. And you're surrendering the worries, which is different than just talking about them. Because you're surrendering. You're kind of committing like, Lord, I'm not going to try to control this. I'm not going to spend all week manipulating this. I'm not going to try to rehearse a bunch of conversations about, you know, if they say this, then I'll say that. And if they say that, then I'll say this. And then, and then that'll get them. And I won't be doing that. I'm just going to leave this situation with you. I surrender control of it to wait and see what you will do, God. I mostly mess things up when I try to fix them anyway. Then you pray, Lord, show me your will for today and grant me the power to carry that out. Especially if you just got done praying about all this stuff you're not going to do. I'm sure, you know, God, what do you want me to do? I'm sure you don't want me to just sit in this rocking chair all week. What do you want me to do just today? And then by the power of your spirit, give me the power to do that. And so often it's just simple stuff. 
You know, God doesn't really ask as much from us as we think. So, so often it's just uh, reach out to so-and-so. You haven't seen them for a while. Or today when that person's being irritating like they usually are, just don't blow up. Sometimes it's just go to work and you know, do your best. God's a lot easier with us than we ever imagined. He really wants us to surrender our worries to him and then, you know, love. I set you free to love. That's what I really want you to do. Reflect me. You can do that, can't you? Yeah, it's easy. It's actually a lot easier to love than try to control and make everything turn out okay. I can do that. That's good news. Tell God my feelings as I am aware of them. This is an interesting one. For some of you, you're very in touch with your feelings, and and this won't be hard for you at all. Wish I was you. Um, Some of us really have a hard time even stopping to think about what our feelings are. I mean, even my phrasing there is hilarious. Think about my feelings. I mean, I could just feel them. Oh. (laughs) Um, But we don't really let that happen, do we? But now we're going to sit with God, and we're just going to be like, okay, what's going on? Well, Lord, I think I'm happy that fall was coming on. Not so much over the weekend, but last week. You know, I, I like fall. I like the coolness of the air. It's fun. I guess I'm happy about that. And I'm happy my boy's doing so good in school. That was a long road. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm scared about church stuff. I'm scared about culture changing and getting weirder and weirder. So I'm, I guess I'm scared about that. And I'm angry. I had a hard time a couple weeks ago, and I thought somebody was going to help me, and they really didn't show up. I guess I'm mad about that still. And you lay it out. Lay it out, you and God. You get to. It, it's so much interest, more interesting to live through the day of, aware of how it started, or if this is the end of the day. You know, aware of the feelings you're carrying, because so often you react out of stuff and you treat people bad, and you find out later, like, oh, I guess I was mad about something else. But when you talk about it with God, it really disarms that power over you. And as you do this more, you surrender worries and share your feelings with God. You, you tend to find the negative ones get smaller, the positive ones can get a little bigger. The amount of weight you're transferring to God, you find He starts to carry it. I mean, at first, I have to re-surrender this stuff every morning because I surrendered to God on Monday morning. By Tuesday morning, I found I picked it back up again. (laughs) But that gets better after you pray this a week, two weeks. You start to really shift and see the power of God. He really is lifting the anxiety and the depression that's got us all. Visualize myself keeping my commitment to change. I bet everyone in the room is trying to change something. I bet everyone in the room is trying to change something. Trying to eat less junk food. Uh, trying to get in less, you know, shouting matches with the kids. Uh, trying to pray more. You know, trying to um, come home from work on time instead of working late all the time. Everybody's trying to change something. So just take a moment there with God and just visualize yourself actually doing it. You know, so I visualize myself. I do this in the morning, so I would say, even though it's morning, I say, today, I'm going to come home at the end of this day. And I think today might be a hard day. And so I come home from work, and I know 
in the pantry there beside the fridge is a big bag of chocolate chips, but I don't open the pantry. I mean, you can't even see yourself doing it. How, how is it going to happen? You know, that I'm going to come home today and that pair of dirty socks and shoes is still going to be right there. And it's not going to be the first thing I talk about. I'll ask people how their day was. I'll ask people how school went. I'll ask if they're excited for the weekend. And we'll have a good positive start to the evening. And then some point there before dinner, I'll say, hey, what about the socks? And I just picture, I picture myself doing it right and see if the Holy Spirit can't, you know, teamwork make the dream work. <laughs> uh, contact someone just to be grateful for them. Contact someone to be grateful for them. This is a moment in prayer to, to do something, to reach out and say, you know, I wonder if so-and-so really knows that I miss them or really know how, I really think they're, I'm really glad they're in my life. We'll reach out. Let them know that. The slow way would be you take out a card and you write, I'm so grateful God has brought us together. I'm grateful for this friendship. Amen. Still part of the prayer, put it in an envelope. Still part of the prayer, find their address, write it on there. Get a stamp. Walk it out to the mailbox. Still part of the prayer. Amen. The slow, uh, you know, if you, you, could, you could email them. You could write them an email about how you feel, what you're thankful for. Maybe they just did something nice for you and you just want to appreciate it, not let it go by. Maybe they always do something consistently that's easy to take for granted. Just send them a text. Well, how powerful that would be in community if everybody just shared when they're grateful for someone. And every once in a while... Someone you didn't even expect said they're grateful for what what you do. So, and then pray for others who are on your list. You all kind of have a list, probably a mental list. That's fine. Probably your family's on there. Your coworkers probably ought to be there. Your boss probably would like to be on there. Your best friend. Your small group. Just pray for those folks and what's going on. And then, amen. So you're probably thinking like, wow, that prayer, that's got lots of pieces. You could, that take like 25 minutes, I bet. Easy. How am I going to get 25 minutes to do that every day? So I've been reading this book about how culture's changing, how people are spending their time. And, uh, I think I've got this one. I'm going to have a suggestion, and this is like a magic bullet that we're going to shoot at this problem. And you'll probably be praying by this afternoon, and I bet you'll pray every day this week. It's rare I get to make a promise like that, but this is going to work. Just tell yourself, no screens till I've prayed. No weather app, no email, no texting, no news, no sports scores. No Instagram, no Twitter, no Facebook, no Netflix, no Hulu, no Ted Lasso, no Stranger Things, no YouTube. I'm not saying you won't ever do those things. You'll do them all, but just not just after you prayed. 
first thing that's going to happen is you're going to get home from work on time because you're going to get your work done a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently when you're not distracted by that stuff all day long, checking in on that every five minutes. Because you, you look and there on your film lock screen, there's a picture of that. You can take a picture of that right now if you want it. Make that your lock screen or make that your screensaver when you pick up, you know, because right now you get this instinct, right? But you'll be looking at that. You're like, oh, yeah, I can't even open. I can't punch in this password till I've, till I've done this prayer. Your body and your mind is so addicted to that screen, it wants it so bad, it will even endure a prayer to let you open that screen. <laughs> and so I bet you'll be praying this afternoon. And you'll pray again tomorrow and you'll pray again on Tuesday. It's going to work. There's a few pages after... First Peter, you get into First John, and, and interestingly, he, in the same part of his letter, he does about the same thing. He says, uh, we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, uh, since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. We're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know he'll give us what we ask for. When you pray like this, you start to see the power of God. When you surrender worries to the Lord, and you do it each day, re-surrender the same worries, a little hat full of worries, you start to see things, you start to notice things you weren't noticing before. First of all, about half the time, uh, the Lord arranges circumstances such that it changes and your worry actually becomes irrelevant. It just kind of goes away. About a quarter of the time, uh, your attitude changes. Your heart begins to change just from praying that prayer every morning so you actually don't care how it turns out by the end of the week. And then about a quarter of the time, the Lord does exactly the miracle you were hoping and the situation is affected. And when you re-surrender this worry each day, you see one or the other of these things happening. Any one of them is a fine result. You think, you realize something that you may have forgotten. God is real. And God's power is real. And God intervenes. I think a lot of times we pray for things, and, and he answers it, but we've already forgotten we ever prayed for it. And we don't even notice. But you won't when you start doing this. And this will strengthen your faith. Because... You just start collecting too many miracle stories for doubt to creep in in a serious way for very long. We all have doubts. We all have doubts creep in. We all have seasons of serious doubt. But when you pray and you surrender worries and open feelings and pray for people and you do it consistently, you start to just see so many miracles. So many times God changed the situation, changed your heart, did exactly what you were hoping he might do, that it just gets, after years of that, it just gets hard to doubt. I have doubts creep in, but I immediately think, yeah, but I've seen a lot of stuff. I've seen a lot of miracles. I'm just not capable of doubting like I used to. Seen too much. Prayer strengthens your faith. So let's put that other screen back up so anybody who wants to can take a picture of that, have that. And let's let's, uh, pray together. Taking a picture of that is part of your prayer. It's fine. Do what you need to do. Lord, show us again how you are real.
We thank you for the things that happened. We thank you for the things that didn't happen. We surrender our worries to you. We share our feelings with you that you could help us sort out the truth of them. Lord, we pray for those who are near to us that we care deeply about. Lord, help us to keep our commitment to change. Show us your will for today and give us the power to carry it out. You sent your son to say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We give you thanks, Lord, that you meet with each of us in this time just like this. Amen. What makes all this possible? It was Jesus on the cross. He paid a price there and he undid some things that had been done in the universe such that he could put his presence into each of us and we call that the Holy Spirit. It is the presence of Christ. That's why when he came out of the tomb, he didn't just linger and put on a crown and set up a capital down there in Jerusalem. He said, I've got to go now so that the advocate, the Holy Spirit can come and then you'll have me and all of you for all time. I have an atheist friend and I asked him last week, how can I pray for you? I love to ask my atheist friends how I can pray for them. It always sends them for such a loop. And he said, oh, just pray for the starving children. I think that's pretty much what they always say. Um, But it just shows this weird belief. I consider it weird. They don't, but I can, you know, it just shows this belief that God's so busy with 7 billion people that if I ask him for anything for me, I'll cause some kid to starve because God's just got too many plates spinning and he can't, he can't pull it all off. So give my prayer to somebody else. People in small groups in church do that too. Give my prayer to somebody else. But it's not like that. The power of the Holy Spirit's an amazing thing. God can be in each and every person. He's got 7 billion and he could probably get up to 14 if he needed to. And he can take care of meals for starving children at the same time, deal with what you're dealing with. There's there's plenty of Christ Jesus to go around. That's the real miracle of all this. You're not taking it away from anyone. God wants to spend that time with you. How would you feel if you had 11 kids and you said, what can I do for you today? And they said, just go play with one of my brothers. Well, that would break your heart. You got time for all of them. That's what's happening at this communion table. It all started on that night Jesus was betrayed. He took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Then he took a cup. He said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for the forgiveness of sin. I don't want anything between us, not even sin. I want to take that away. I don't want anything between us. I've got time for all of you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember my death till I eat and drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. Amen.